Welcome to the Along Come Norwich podcast, a Deutschland dance as we get down and dirty with the important issues facing Norwich City Football Club's supporters. Uh, this week I'm joined as ever by Punt. Hello. And Lorne. Hello. And we've got special guest Dan O'Hagan with us today. Good evening. So there's a few things on the agenda, but as this is the 31st of January that we are recording this uh, this week's podcast, we obviously need to look at the transfer window, uh, look at our re- uh, review, how things have gone. So, Punt, you, you noticed before I did that actually we've, we've slammed the window shut already. Yeah, business is done as we're recording, but I think, you know, we were talking about it before we um, started recording. It's been a fairly decent window. You know, we wouldn't have wanted Pritchard to leave. He's obviously, you know, going to be or was always going to be one of the leading lights in the championship. But actually, we've replaced him with um, someone like Onel Hernandez, who I think, again, isn't a light for light replacement and isn't that kind of number 10 but it's exactly what we needed. And if I've read a few reports um, from kind of German journalists and, and the like, and the one thing that they all said was end product, and that, that is the criticism of Josh Murphy at the moment, is he hasn't got that end product. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about it at the minute. So would you say, Lorne, that currently of the, the new boys that we, well, we've only seen, we've seen Lightning for a little period of time that we haven't really seen yet, would you agree that Nanas is the one that we're most excited about seeing? From what John said, yeah, but I personally think Leitner is the most exciting just because of the the pedigree that he's got, the clubs he's been at, the games he's played in. I think he could be a real steal if he performs to what levels he has in the past. But I am looking forward to seeing Hernandez. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing the other guy who Dan's surname can pronounce. <laughs> I can't pronounce Dennis Scrabeni. Scrabeni. Just because I'd be interested to see what the if he can step up in the way Zimmerman has stepped up from the real lower reaches. Got a hell of an assist at the weekend, Zimmerman, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so in true Along Come Norwich fashion, we've got someone here uh, who's actually paid to, to watch German football, yet we've had two opinions go before him um, <laughs> from, from completely unqualified people. So Dan, who should we be most excited about seeing? Well, as Andy says, I think uh, Leitner's got the proven pedigree, Dortmund, a brief Lazio period in Augsburg as well. Um, but... I think, you know, Scrabeni's more of a gamble because he's not played ever above third division level. And I think all three of the German signings, they've come here with points to prove and will be hungry. And are players who've come here, and um, I think we should, all three will bring things to Norwich which they don't have at the moment. And, but I think, I think Leitner's the one we know who's got real top level proven track record. Um, and I think he will deliver straight away. The other two might take time to, to settle in, but I think overall, you know, it's Norwich's first really good window for a long, long time, and uh, I think they've done some great business. Marcus Edwards is a really interesting mm. one as well, I think. That was one I was going to pick up on that. I mean, so he, he's one that obviously signed first, um, and there already has been some talk around his attitude not being right, mm. which was exactly what all the Spurs fans told us as soon as we, <laughs> we made the signing. So no, I think that's a very clever bit of man management on Farker's part in that. It would be very easy to, for Farker to say before he comes, the perception of you is that your attitude isn't good enough. So when you arrive, you're not going to be match fit. So you're not going to be in the squad anyway. So I'll come out and say he won't get in the squad until his attitude improves. Then when you are match fit and you are getting in the squad, it looks like your attitude has improved so you're proving your data's wrong and I look like an excellent man manager. So I don't think that Farker is actually 
that annoyed with his attitude at this stage to make a public comment. I think that was premeditated. What do you reckon, John? I don't know. He did. He called out Josh Murphy, didn't he, before earlier in the season? And there, there obviously was something that happened there. So I think he's probably had a look at him. And Pochettino's probably had conversations. Well, he said he's had conversations with Farker um, about Edwards. He's undoubtedly got talent. If Farker can unlock that, then you know it's going to be fantastic. Him, Liner, Hernandez, Madison in the same team could be Murphy. absolutely yeah, and Murphy could be absolutely ridiculous. Um, but now I'm not so sure. I'm not sold on Lorne's managerial masterstroke quite yet I think there probably is some attitude issues underlying I'm not sold on it being a great window I really hope you're right Dan um, I don't think until until you've seen you probably need at least 10-15 games with what the new squad looks like mm. until you can really judge that but I'm interested on something um, that you mentioned uh, about the, the real high level potential and, and kind of the high ceiling that Moritz Leitner has mm. um, that's similar to Tribal in a way someone whose career he would have thought would have been further along. Yeah. So, so come on, let's really excite Norwich City fans. What is it that you feel that he he can bring to the squad that we maybe don't have already? <sighs> He'll sit deep and be a playmaker, like like a kind of quarterback almost. At Dortmund, he was a regular in the first team until you uh, Julian Weigel came in. Now Weigel now now is a world class player, plays for Germany's full international team, and he got kind of squeezed out by that. And he went to Augsburg, and maybe he had attitude problems because Augsburg, a smaller club, okay in the Bundesliga but never really kicked on. He played a handful of games. I think he made one start this season off the top of my head in the Bundesliga. Um, so he's hungry. Um, and his ability, certainly as a player who will retain possession and play those short little 10-yard passes and just get the moves going, um, I think he's a really good acquisition. And um, he's a player I've always enjoyed watching. And I think his career just needs that little kickstart, and maybe the move to Norwich will do that for him. Well, I hope that he's going to walk into the team because, I, as you've just described him, um, I haven't had the pleasure of watching him play before, um, but that is something that has long been a bone of contention for me, how poor we are from shifting through midfield. Um, we, we, as I constantly bang this drum, Norwich play in a horseshoe kind of shape. We're, we're very good at moving down the wings. Pinto's very good at running forward, not a lot of end product. Murphy's good at running forward, not a lot of end product sometimes, although I think he's, he's been a lot better, better in the yeah. last couple of months than the start of the season. Um, with with all of our midfield two combinations so far, Vrancic can pick a pass as long as he's far enough ahead uh, forward in the pit field when he receives it. What we don't have is someone to either sit alongside Tribal or sit alongside Teti or sit alongside Vrancic if mm. we have to play him, um, where they're not <laughs> as I get sh- shaking of heads around the table. I don't have to like him just because you do. Oh, no. um, he's just too slow. But we, we, we don't have that player at the moment. But who I, can I wonder if Leitner will allow Vrancic to play maybe further forward and be more... Um, have more impact in the, in the final third. So who do you take out of the team then? Cool, that's the question, isn't it? Because if you're going to play Francis further forward, you're either saying, Murphy, you're sitting out, Madison, well, you're not going to finish exactly. that sentence. <laughs> that, that's the thing. For, for me, for, for Francis, the, the situation is still, he is a really technically attractive yeah. player to watch um, when he's got, when he receives the ball far enough forward on the pitch. See, I disagree with that to okay. an extent. I think Vrancic is an eight. I think he's a natural eight. He's not a ten. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's not a defensive-minded midfielder. And actually, he's looked really good in Norwich City's lineup of late because he's playing in the middle of the park and he's able to orchestrate. And it was no coincidence. Sheffield United. He came on. All right, West came on at the same time as well. 
but suddenly we could play through him and he received the ball, he moved it quickly to the players who've got that pace, who've got that creativity. I think we're now getting the best of him in this 3-4-3. Three, three. Mm. Whereas I'd agree with you, he's you know kind of he is a bit pedestrian in the final third, and that's my issue with Francic. I know it's perhaps not Lawney's. Um, but right in the middle, that's where he's strongest. I think he's better against better teams. I thought Chelsea yeah. was magnificent yeah, because he had better. time. Yeah. Um, against maybe the teams who will be in your faces more and be more aggressive, that's when Vrancic mm-hmm. struggles. So he's a player who will thrive against better teams and maybe with Lightner around him, better players around him, we'll see more from him. But um, I, like, I like both, I think. They're both excellent footballers. OK, so just to wrap up on transfers, um, you, you've obviously said, Dan, you think it's the best window for a while. John, you also quite happy? I'm quite happy. I'd like to touch on one point. Like, there's been a bit of fallout over the last couple of days with the um, departures of Harry Toffolo and Glenn Middleton. Today's gone to Rangers. What's everyone's thoughts? Because I'm not too fussed. I don't. Th- I think the club have looked at them and thought actually they're they're too far away from it really to to have any meaningful impact. But Toffolo. People really seem to get angry about mm. it, and I just don't understand. It's it. part of that the youth cup success as well. He feels he feels more yeah. one of our own yeah. than some of the other youngsters. He, he's never. I, I've seen him. I saw most of the games in that youth cup run, which is a while ago now. And mm. um, he was on loan. I think it was Scunthorpe last year and wasn't getting in the team. You know, in League One. So you, you like, I think it is similar to what you've just said. I, and look where he's gone. You know, he's, mm. he's gone to Millwall. He's, he's not, you know, he's not gone to. to That's a really good move bridge. for him. Well, really and, and, and he seems like a good lad, and he's got the right kind of work ethic. But you look at the fullback situation we've got, and he, he and, you know, for saving injury, he's not going to get near the team. That's the thing for me. I think if if you even if you criticise Farquhar and Weber. I think the one thing that they have done is shown that they are willing to give young players a chance. They are willing to move people through the ranks. And Weber said time and again, we've got a plan. If we've got a really talented 18-year-old left-back, we're not going to buy a 20-year-old left-back who's going to get in the way of the 18-year-old. And we've got three, if you include Stephenman as a left-back and Husband as a left-back, and obviously Jamal Lewis, good quality left-backs who are all above him in the pecking order. So I, th- I think Jamal has, has, has really um, made a big impact in, in terms of look how young he is and how developed he already is. I mean, he's already almost first, you know, his second or third name on the team sheet after Madison and Gunn in the last couple of months. And so you see his development and how far he's come along. I think that might have played a part maybe in Norwich going, actually, now we've got a really, really good reference point for where you're at versus yeah. where you've been. The number of senior games that Toffolo's played as opposed to to um, to Jam. And similar with Middleton. Like, we have been crying out all season for pace and direct wing play that's why we've bought Arnold Hernandez and why we've bought Marcus Edwards now there's no reason that if Farker and Weber felt that Middleton could have done that job that he wouldn't have been given a chance they obviously don't feel that he's as good as Twitter Campbell, he is. Campbell getting a chance at Chelsea yeah. they, I mean that's one of the things that I've been I've been pleased about with with this late, with with the Farker regime, is that people are getting a good good chance. Part part of that is injuries. Part of that is maybe sending a message to Weber to say, "Look, I'm having to play Todd Cantwell at Stamford Bridge. Please, can you buy me some midfielders?" Um, but but yeah, okay. So we we move on then. Um, we just come off the back of um, two interesting games. Um, again, struggling at home compared to how well we played played away. Um, the, I mentioned the Zimmerman assist for yet another wonder goal. Um, Dan, in your professional opinion, just how many zeros did that goal add to James Madison's? A few. I was working with Paul Parker at the weekend, the um, ex-England and QBR Man United fullback, and he was saying, I, I was, was it the Chelsea game, and I saw a player for Norwich, um, 
it was quite good. I said, James Madison. Mm. Uh, so p- people are out there now, they know who he is. And that goal against Brentford, um, you know, I, last night I did the, um, the Snodgrass goal for, for Villa, which was good. Wasn't a patch on the one that Madison scored. Um, he, game by game, he now looks not just a first team player at Norwich, he looks a very, very good Premier League player. Mm. And, you know, we're talking off air before we came on about values and, and this window and how average players now cost a lot of money and how Norwich in recent years have maybe let players go a little cheaply. Madison now must be at least 20 million. Um, I think that there'll be a very conservative price tag. I think sadly he will go at some point, but I think at the moment for him, to use a cliche, the sky's the limit and he could go for a lot, a lot of money in a few years' time. I think it depends on uh, injuries and it depends on uh, this this summer um, who is uh, who plays well, who who has you know really good tournaments. Um, because that will you off quite often find, don't you, after an international tournament, mm. that the following transfer window, like your yeah, um, uh, Poborski and all yeah. the rest of you know mm. you, all people you've never heard Players of, all of a sudden, they, yeah, yeah. You, you see them, you see them, you see them for three games, and all of a sudden they're world beaters, and and so that 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 might be a reason why we managed to keep hold of him until the following January, mm. simply because there might be some attacking midfield yeah, yeah. players who shine in that tournament. You know, around European teams. I but think you possibly, say that there is a twenty ones tournament. I think this summer as well, isn't there? Because like. Angus Gunn will be going yeah, to that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Madison will be going to that. So if he shines, then you know, it could be the other way around. Well, the way some of the senior keepers are performing, Angus Gunn might be going to Russia. Could well yeah. Be, yeah. Sure. But I think there's a thing as well with Madison that was, is very different to Pritchard in that Madison seems to appreciate the fact that Farker has given him that chance, mm. where Alex Neal hadn't given him that chance. And I think there is a bit of a relationship there. He seems a fairly help. bright guy as well. And I would like to think that he would say, I'd rather play for Norwich in the first team for two or three years then go and sit on the bench at Man City or at Chelsea or wherever, mm. and, end up and on just ro- you know be another Rodwell or you know yeah. play you know Conor Wickham who goes to these big clubs and just doesn't progress. Exactly. Now he's left back. Precisely. And now, yeah. he's, now he finally getting the team. And that absolutely <laughs> infuriates me when Chelsea moan about having a or needing strikers the in their transfer squad. window. Forty like, players on seventy six players on loan at Vitesse Arnhem. Yeah, call one back. Yeah. Okay, so the um, you mentioned uh, Brentford. Um, quick word on on Sheffield United. Um, obviously, their World Cup final. Um, the uh, I I couldn't ever see it going any other way. They 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 were so wound up by the way that the that the win was was had at their place. Um, for me, we were going to have to be really really at it, score early, get on top, um, but basically do what we did uh, uh, against the against Brentford. Griffin Park, but um, it, it didn't happen, did it? So, so Lorne, what? Who can you pick out as a star performer from from the Sheffield United game, if anyone? Didn't go. Right. Okay. <laughs> John, did you did you see it? I think yeah, I was there. Um, and as you you know, Sheffield United. I'm not sure that the actual players were wound up. Wilder obviously was wound up, and he was he was bang up for that. And he he did saw. mention there was a family issue that that, that yeah. had him had him even more wound up. But do you know what? I mean, I. It, I didn't get too bothered, and I didn't see what all the fuss was about with these celebrations. If Paul Lambert does that in front of you know kind of the away support for Norwich, everyone's lapping it up. So. It annoys me that Farker doesn't do more. It, yeah. like, as as a especially when you go away, um, we we were told in that um, in the atmosphere focus group that we, that we attended before the season that um, there's going to be a con- conscious effort. Weber's really really up for it. Um, it's a really big thing in Dortmund, Dortmund too, to go over and make sure you you, you acknowledge the fans home and away. Yeah. And you get some of that from the from the fans, but actually, 
not anywhere near as much. And it's something obviously you see with Klopp and, and uh, Liverpool. But Farkas said it's conscious. He has said it. I want the players to, to go over and thank them rather than you know I steal the limelight. And I think he does that quite a lot. That he he will let the players be the focus when it's gone well, and he'll be the full guy when it you know hasn't gone particularly well for the team. And Farkas did that lovely thing. Him switched anyway. He deliberately went over to the disabled section. Yeah. And mm. spoke to them when all the players went off yeah. to the other side of the ground for the majority of the fans so I think he's a classy guy Wilder obviously isn't a classy guy you know and jumped around but you know Sheffield United came here and they did a thoroughly professional job they outworked us tactically they were better we were mentally fatigued you could absolutely see that we were mentally fatigued but he, you know they did a really good job at, at squeezing the space when they needed to um, and yeah I mean you can't have any complaints about the result it was just one of those days okay so looking ahead to Borough um, I know that uh, one of us has seen Borough very recently, mm. Dan. Um, so give us your scouting report for those lads from up north. Yeah, did the FA Cup game of the weekend when they uh, lost in the last minute to Brighton. It was a dreadful, really awful game of football. It was, I put it on, on Twitter, I think, it was um, Hewton Ball in the Pulis Drone. Oh, wow. Which, <laughs> wow. Was, which was just atrocious. Um, and yeah, they are a Tony Pulis team, so set pieces, beware. Um, and they've spent, don't forget, in the summer huge amounts of money you know you look at that squad and there are players they they paid millions for who haven't really produced uh, Patrick Bamford our old friend played and did nothing at all uh, he's got two that's league... how you recognise it yeah Bamford. <laughs> he's, he's got two league goals in the last 12 months um, for a guy he's another guy who moved too young to yeah, a big club him. and just sat on the bench and, and did nothing um, so yeah I know Norwich um and Middlesbrough have history the 4-4 all those years ago and all that but um, it won't be 4-4 this time I'm pretty sure of that because Middlesbrough are turgid they'll defend well it could be a game where one goal w- wins it either way I think so um, yeah um, Middlesbrough not great but we know Pulis is one of the great organisers so uh, it'll be tough to break them down so because th- th- obviously they've, they've made a managerial change partially because they've, they've, they feel they had a good window and they've you know, spent a lot of money and therefore they expect results um, just just a word on um, a team just down the road, Sunderland from from Borough. Um, I, I I don't know if you don't feel this, but I I personally feel a bit sad for for that club because every time there is a club that falls out of the top flight and it and the wheels come off in such a drastic fashion, and um, I've got no affinity to Sunderland. It was the, I was there the night we won the league and so and the friendly cup etc etc. I wasn't there in '85. Obviously, he's too young, but. Um, do, do you guys share with me, like just from one football fan to another, just to know what that must feel like yeah. to, to, to do that, having been there through us ourselves, down through League One? For the fans, but you've looked at Sunderland every season for what, the last six seasons and just gone, it's their turn to drop. And it was, you know, obviously they were woeful in the Premier League mm. last season. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got a feel for the fans because they've got a really good fan base. And actually, when they get on it, you know, it was the old school Roker Raw, wasn't it? But then transferred to the stadium alike. They're brilliant sporters and have been at Carrow Road before. It's an interesting point in that actually. You go like obviously we were at the Emirates early in the season mm. um, and you go to some of these other I remember the Rico Arena when Coventry was still in second flight and getting a few fans. That's awful. Yeah, so bad. Um, but actually the early days at Stadium of Light, they successfully they made the change to a bowl style stadium. You know, and it was rocking. I was there for a reserve game right. uh, against Manu Reserves. This was about ninety nine maybe. 20,000 people turned up for it. Mm. So that energy's been lost. Mm. It just shows when a big club... And for years, they had this this vicious circle of sign a load of mercenaries, didn't to work out, yeah. sack the manager, <clears throat> same thing happens again that, that the next season and the season after, and they were due relegation. It's one of the reasons I think this has been a successful transfer window for Norwich, is that 
the perception of a good transfer window at the moment is we spent a load of money. So Everton were lauded all summer because they had a great transfer window because they bought loads of players in. And then it didn't work out. And there seems to be this perception at the moment that a good transfer window means you buy a lot of players and getting bodies in the door and the more they cost, the better is a marker of success. We've done the opposite and we've made money this transfer window. Yeah, and you by, can't by say you yeah. can't say yes, yes or no, we've improved the squad. But what we have done is at least guaranteed the long-term future of the club. And teams like Sunderland, when they just spent piss money up the wall on mm. mercenaries, as you say... Like that, that doesn't constitute success. Buying a lot of expensive players doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, and they have the problem Norwich have had for years. I know Alex Neil made the point a couple of years ago that where they are geographically, it's hard to attract players to go mm. there. I know, and that's why they have to pay over the odds in terms of wages to get players to go to Sunderland. Um, Hull so, have the same thing, didn't they? Yeah, Middlesbrough don't forget when they got Emerson and they got Ravinelli, they paid crazy amount of money for their wages too. Yeah, you have to pay me quite a lot to, to go up there, just, just for the day. Um, okay, how so, much exactly? Uh, how much exactly? We can do a whip uh, round. Just, just, a, just a free ticket, free travel and all that. Um, so let's go, go to some, some listener questions. Um, uh, who's going to do this, Lorne or John? Go on, Lorne's craned his neck. Okay, off you go, Lorne. So the first one is, Madison aside, are there any knowledge players mm. who could make it at the very top? i.e. in the big six and that is from Ewan Wilson on Twitter that's a terrific question Ewan I'm going to hand it over to Dan what do you reckon I think the obvious one's Angus Gunn I know he's not Norwich's player as such but you know what is he 22-ish uh, just, um, over, just over 21 yeah yeah, yeah I mean, 22 last week I think. for a goalkeeper um, to at that age look so commanding um, convincing make important saves at important times in games mm. um He's going to be, you said earlier, he could be on the plane to Russia in the summer. He's that good. He's doing as well. You got that right. Yeah, his season has been that good already here. In a team which at times has struggled, I mean, he has been a standout really from August onwards. And yeah, he can go as a goalkeeper all the way to the very top, I think. That's one of the things that we said to Gunny uh, last time out on the Long Come Nodge podcast. Um, when we had that awful run, uh, he was still coming for crosses. Mm-hmm. He was still playing with a smile on his face. Uh, I don't know if that's something you've noticed from from footage. Obviously, you can't you can't always tell live. But, but on the Chelsea game and the other games when you watch him on streams, etc., every time he pulls off a really good save, he's got a huge grin on his face, yeah. like a kid in the park, and that's infectious. I think goalkeepers too, having been one myself at a very kind of junior level, confidence is everything, and he carries himself with such not a swagger but a very assured presence, which for a goalkeeper doesn't come. Um, naturally, I think Robert Green had it at mm. a young age. Andy Marshall didn't so much, um, and I think Angus Gunn. He's cut obviously from a very good goalkeeping cloth, and um, I do think he's got everything he needs to be one of the top goalkeepers in the next ten to fifteen years. It's a bloody big bit of cloth. He's got <laughs> it at twenty-two years of age. I mean, when do you see goalkeepers come through and they've got the complete package right away? It's it's phenomenal. And I think just to touch, I think he's the only player. I think you're right um, that you know he's the only player that can make it in big six possibly with the exception of Madison although you could probably throw in Jamal Lewis and say right now actually he's he on continues on that trajectory yeah. but with Angus gone beyond this season where does he go because he's not going to get ahead of the goalkeepers at Man City is he mm. um, does he come here permanently does he come for another year or two's loan um, do you think that's feasible though I mean I don't know whether a lot of people say Premier League loan next season and then I look at Premier League teams and think are they going to take him? Are they going to gamble on him? In I, don't, I don't think. League? I don't, I don't think they feel it would be a gamble, just just because of how assured he is. Mm. I mean, tr- just trying to think through the twenty. I mean, obviously, three of them are going to go down. But just thinking through the the Premiership goalkeepers that will be there next year. Obviously, Ruddy will be in the Prem next year as well. Well played, John. 
but I can't I can't think of anyone that he would necessarily usurp. I mean, I think hilarious I mean. Gomez is. I can't believe that he's still a goalkeeper <laughs> professionally, let alone the Premier League. But it's not the saves he makes. No, 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 yeah. and I appreciate that. But he also he also has that kind of calamity yeah, clang, yeah. um, in him as well. But um, yeah, you, you, you just just thinking through like the, the likes of Fraser Force, you, you have to go quite low down a, until a you Palace actually, maybe that level mm, of club you could go to if, if, they're still if they there. stay up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I can see a Premier League loan, but at the same time, if um, if we still have Farke and Weber in this way of playing August next year, we were told by Mr Gunn himself, one of the reasons that Man City were keen for him to come was the setup, the way that they wanted to play out of the back, the way and that they knew that, that was that he wasn't going to be going backwards in terms of his development. So if they if you know if they walk the Premier League this this year, um, and they've got no no reasons to change anything from a goalkeeping point of view. It will do him more good to play games for us than it will be to sit on Man City's bench. So I think you're right. I think it comes down to whether or not there is a Premier League um, team willing to either bid for him or need to need to like maybe someone gets injured in pre-season. I think as well the player looks happy here as well, yeah. which is a big thing as well. Yeah, so evident, yeah. He looks very kind of settled and you know at home, even for a lone player, which obviously isn't the case always. But um, I just think he fits Norwich. You know, to use a cliche, being a goalkeeper, hand in glove because he's done so well this season. Lovely. I was gonna, uh, I'm gonna put, put put myself out there and say that uh, Leitner is going to be. I've never seen him play, <laughs> but on the 31st of January 2018, obviously all of my predictions come true, like us winning the league. Uh, I believe that he will, he, he will be playing Premier League football and be linked with a big six move within two years. I'd throw in two more in there, longer shots. Uh, Murphy. If he stays, because I think, yeah, because I think Jacob Murphy is another example of a player going to the Premier League too soon yeah. and sitting on a bench and not playing. I think Josh is one of those players who, when he gets on a confident run, can be unstoppable. The, the goal he scored at the Emirates. I mean, what yeah. first touch to lift it over yeah. Peter Cech. Now, obviously, there's quite a long way to go in his development. It wasn't Peter Cech. But I think that no, was that other massive tall guy. Yeah. But Oscar. I think, yeah, yeah, Josh Murphy is one that potentially could but there's quite a long way to go and the other one I'd say just purely because of the meteoric step up he's already done why couldn't he do another Christoph he's da, looked, da, he da, hasn't looked down place at all at Stamford Bridge or the Emirates he was probably our best player at both of those and he came what the fourth division in Germany yeah, yeah. it's yeah. an amazing leap from you know what is a part time league to you know being at Norwich now and looking at home among some very very good teams yeah cool so on to the next question Lorne. so question two would you swap the current Norwich plan i.e. playing young players and the new model of pro- players progressing from youth team all the way through for three years of Premier League riches but with no plan that's from Chris Guns on Twitter well I feel like I've had both <laughs> because I've, I've just I've just recently seen three years of Premier League with with no foreseeable plan, um, and now I've ended up with the current Norwich plan to try and remedy that. Do you want to um, go back? Uh, I want to go back to the Premier League, but not with the current setup. I I don't have uh, I don't have the hunger to just desperately try and stay up for for three years in a row. Um, it's 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 fantastic the ride to get up there. The first few games are brilliant. The first few away games, going to a few of the grounds you've been to for a while, that's brilliant. Um, but I, because of because of the playoff win, because as I as I wrote an article in, in the off season on longcomenorwich.com where you can buy some excellent t shirts, I understand yeah. John, which we'll come to in a minute. Um, 
I feel like I've kind of completed football from a you know I feel like like winning at Wembley, watching it with my dad like that. I completed the boss. So it's not going to get better than that. So therefore, unless we are going to go into the Premier League with a new model, a new approach, be able to say, okay, we're staying up, but we're staying up with a bunch of blokes that no one thought had a chance and that a load of them are, are youngsters that we've brought through, that I'm, I'm totally on board with. So to answer your question, Chris Gunn, I'm 100% behind the current Norwich plan. Don't 100% like the football. Still find that awful. Not as bad as Pulis. No. Still not a fan of the football. I still can't see enough foundation there but the 100% behind the plan because we've done it the other way and it was great and I enjoyed it but I've done that so I'm ready to see something different I can think of absolutely nothing worse than supporting a team like West Brom or Palace Stoke. or Everton or Stoke yeah. where they just go on a merry-go-round of the same managers the same players and your target 12th. every year is 40 points yeah Scrape 40 points and, and then, then fr- from from the start of March the season means nothing because yeah. you're out of both the cups because you need to get to 40 points so, I mean, my brother's a big Villa fan and, and he said to me at the weekend, he said, um, I love this division because we, we win games, we're challenging, whereas the Premier League, you know, you're just in mid-table at best, you know, and you've got to look at Norwich and say, when they go up again, and they will go up again at some point, obviously, um, what can they achieve? They're not going to make the top four, the top six. You look at the gap now in the, in the top division, the points between, I think, sixth and seventh and the rest... There's a huge gulf, yeah. mm. you know, to, to, to get above that, that massive mid-table, the Stokes, the West Broms, the Palaces. It's difficult. And I think Norwich, you know, if they went up, where would they be? You know, they're not going to be in that top six or top seven. So it's difficult to kind of um, compete. So where do you want to be and where can your club be? It's, it's a very, it's a real vicious circle. And you'll get that classic, oh, such as little Norwich sort of answer. But for me, like, football isn't about success or being 12th in the Premier League football's about enjoying it and as you, as your Villa fan said you enjoy it so much more at this level mm. and you'd enjoy it so much more if there's a thing to believe in whether or not it's working 100% every time and sadly I think the only way you can break that now is what my team my other team Wolves have done is by having owners who are filthy rich and then you buy your place mm. at the top table I think Wolves this season would probably with that team they've got now challenge for maybe 10th place in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Especially bearing in mind that at the moment, 10th place is only four points different to, to relegation. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, there's that mid-table cluster. And, and the, yeah. last, the last five or six years, it's been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you've had Bournemouth be up in 10th and then three weeks later be in the relegation yeah. zone. And, and likewise, you mentioned Everton, for example, okay, and Moyes, etc. They have flirted with top six and they have had some European football and they're a huge club, loads of history, of course. Um, but of late, it, it does seem. Look at the money. How much was Sigurdsson? Fifty-two million or something. How much money you have to spend yeah. to be ninth? You know, and they they so, so they they spent all that money, and they are five points above relegation. And it takes one season for the bottom to fall out, and you become a Sunderland, you become a Coventry, with all that wage bill. Portsmouth. Yeah, and exactly. It's over. So my fear about my team Wolves is if you know our owners now are on board, but if they suddenly decide overnight our businesses are failing, we have to get rid of the club then your club's literally yeah. in limbo and, and in trouble. So I think, you know, people talk about Norwich's ownership and, and the Norwich model. It's very sustainable. Okay, you know, you can't compete with, you know, the teams in the table in the Premier League, but you can compete at, to a level in the Championship. So it's what you want from your club and your club's long-term future. And, you know, um, we'll have to see what happens with Norwich's ownership. But uh, I think I always say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm 100% the same on that. And I, I do get ever so tired of the dealer um, bashing on, on Twitter um, because you just think, okay, it's, it's not like there's a line of investors around the, 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 the corner who are queuing up with really, really good 
um, solid ethical backgrounds who are willing to you know to invest in the club for the for the right reasons, which is hopefully you want someone who you know kind of in an Abramovich way has it as a plaything you know and basically I this my toy I like to win at this yeah. that, that's what they need to do if they're doing it from a Glazer point of view they were already huge See, they didn't the Glazer family didn't take Man United any no. further forward and if anything some of their some of the Reds would, would argue they're taking them backwards likewise the same at Liverpool they're really Liverpool fan friends of mine they're not fans of the owners in the slightest and mm-hmm. um, because that's more the kind of American model to run it like a business like a, like a really 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 run it like a business um, but what you just said about both Lordy and Dan about it being important, why why you go to football? That's why for me the, the quality of what I'm watching is so important. And I get that we have to. I get that we, you know we're in a period of transition, but that's why until I'm properly on board with this particular manager, still on board with the plan, I want to see. I want to be entertained far more than I currently am. But what entertains you more? So you talk about quality. What would entertain you more from a Saturday, going to? FC United of Manchester and standing on a terrace and having some beers with your mates or going to Old Trafford and sitting in silence and watching better quality footballers? Uh, it's not about it's not about the quality of the footballer. It's about it's, it's the attitude. It's the you, bad bad quality players can play. I've played crap five-a-side <laughs> league level and I've played in high-tempo games, which I've enjoyed, and low-tempo games, which I haven't enjoyed as much. You know, the, the tempo, the aggression... Um, the the in your face element. There are lots of things that I like from football, up and under tackles, all the rest of it. And at the moment, it's just too pedestrian for me to find it enjoyable. Yes, Madison's goal is fantastic. It was the only shot on target for forty minutes. I'm I'm sorry, I can't sign up for that. That's just not inter- that do doesn't think, entertain me. You think that now Fark has got more players from his own league, if you like, on board that he may now begin to be able to play a different way, that he now has the right tools in his toolbox to maybe be a bit more expansive and to trust the players more, and um, the players yeah. maybe more on board with his German methods. Well, this is, the question, this is the question that we wanted to ask you particularly. So, because you've seen you know, a lot more of German football um, than, than we have, um, and, and sort of seen the, the tactics in the various different squads, and you've seen a lot of the clubs that not only some of the players, but our management coaching mm-hmm. staff have come from, if what we're seeing now is the foundations, if, if this is the, the beginning kind of baby steps towards the, the club or the, the style, the tactics we're going to have, what does the ceiling look like? What does the roof look like? You know what? Um, the Bundesliga is great. It is not pedestrian at all. German football is not pedestrian. So quite why Norwich have been that way this season under Farker, I'm not so sure. Because I see a lot, a lot of games in the top two divisions in Germany and you know, even in the top division, your, your smaller teams, your Freiburgs, your Augsburgs, you know, they play to win games. Unlike the Premier League, our teams who get to 40 points and are glad of that, the small teams always go for it. Um, it's in the ethos in Germany that they play to packed houses and they play to try and win games. So I think the, the long game at Norwich will uh, be more attacking eventually. And as I say, I think this window has got Farker maybe one or two more uh, toys for his sandpit that he's more familiar with and um, can maybe mould them into more of a of, of a German style team. Um, I think certainly, um, you know, his methods will be for the British players. I think difficult because German teams train twice a day. British players don't like that. I think Cameron Jerome made some comment when he went to Derby that the double training sessions he didn't like it. Um, I think now he's got players who are used to that from the Bundesliga and, and the German second tier. They'll embrace that more. And I just think it is, it's an awful phrase we've used all season, but it's a work in progress, but it really is. Mm. 
And I think, um, as I say, having more players who are familiar with how a German coach works can only be a good thing. And I think the style will evolve. Um, this season was always going to be, I think, a season of transition. And are we much further off now the point we thought we'd be at under Farker? It was never going to be a top six season, really, was it? Are we that far, far off where you guys thought you'd be at this stage? I thought that I thought based on the form and the way we were playing, or rather the results we were getting in our really good run that we had, what we 10-11 win, uh, 10-11 unbeaten, that we had a formula that was really really working, and he seemed to have cracked the defensive stability and that decent football would therefore flow. So in my naivety, I didn't feel that it would take as long as this to to play better football. Mm. These two gentlemen are far more mature and patient than me. And I'm not sure about me, too. <laughs> uh, um, and but but you, you know you you are you're I think you two were far more comfortable. You two being Punt and Lorne, with this is we're in for the long haul. It's something that Michael Bailey was saying a lot over the summer. You know this everyone needs to manage their expectations yeah. that this is not necessarily going to be a promotion yeah. chase and that run took everyone by surprise when we were doing well and that was the test of it because in the summer it's all very well before a ball's kicked go oh, I've got to be really patient we've got to make sure that we're behind the manager we've got to keep together as fans as soon as you lose three or four games that all goes to <laughs> shit and you know and actually you know people are going to get really arsy because people at Carrow Road especially expect results and I think that's been part of the issue this season is we've been terrific my watch. <laughs> Terrific um, away from home in really stout performances away from home, and actually we've been really poor at home. You know when actually we should be entertaining the fans that pay. And that's where most people see them as well. Absolutely. So is, I think there's yeah. this perception that actually it's not going as well as, as perhaps it you know it really is. And those people who travel the the length and breadth of the country have actually seen that there's commitment, there's desire. I mean, you looked at that Brentford performance and how many last ditch tackles and blocks. Brentford didn't get near our goal for a lot of it because of. Zimmerman and Hanley and, and actually I like to see that kind of football sometimes that kind of defensive rock and putting your bodies on the line I really enjoy seeing a lot of that and I think as well you go back over the last maybe three or four seasons Norwich's problem has been defensive mm. so Farker's first job was to address that he has done yeah. the defence has been fixed which Alex Neal Adams before him didn't do so that has been addressed so I think you know as a manager you have to you know, it's very hard to change everything at once. He's addressed the defence. Now, maybe in this window, he's addressing things going further forward. OK, so to pick up um, on what you just said about having more German players or European players from the mainland who are used to his um, techniques, that brings us nicely on to Billy3709 uh, from Twitter's question. Lorne? Seamless, that was. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so, do EFL homegrown rules, which this season are seven, next season will be eight... Do they force Farker's hand in keeping Marley Watkins? So this is where you need to have at least um, seven this year and then eight next year. Players who um, were registered with the British club at least three years before their 21st birthday, um, which is why the likes of Wes Houlihan and uh, Mickey McGovern don't don't kind of, kind of count as that. So we've actually looked at the squad as it stands at the moment. Um, and actually, we, we were all shocked around the table. There's lots quite, of flags there, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, quite how few... Um, we, we actually do have the qualifier and, and we're already not far off the limit um, so I, I, I don't know if that, that would affect them keeping Marley Watkins I, I think a few people have been surprised that there's been the couple of bids they've been really you know the one that was at Bristol City offered a million I think which I would have taken the hand off because I think Watkins has been very poor but apparently Cardiff um, two Cardiff, million, Cardiff two offered two million, million. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that, they can have both of our wingers that haven't pulled yeah, up any trees. You know, for a club who apparently need, you know were short of money to turn those bids down, mm. especially as we had a winger come in. I, I, you know, I I would have loved it to have gone better. Mm. Um, you know, I I'm not one of those fans that likes to to, to moan. No. I'm just good at finding things to moan about. And I really liked Marley Watkins' application. There was a, there's a, there was a Jerome likeness to how, how what a willing runner he is, and I'm sad that Jerome's gone because I really really liked Jerome. I think he had a lot to offer, particularly defending set pieces, you know. But hopefully, you know, with like Zimmerman and Handling, that's not as much of a problem now. Um, but with with Watkins, I, I'm amazed that, that we kept him. So perhaps yeah, that that did have a part in it. You're bringing in. Well, Marcus Edwards is, is British-born, but if you got, you'd be bringing in three foreign players, maybe you do need to make sure you do keep one of the English ones. Yeah, well, it feeds into the long-term future as well, because you know we've just alluded to the fact that Angus Gunn is probably going you know, at the end of this season. So, yeah, we're going to have real issues as it increases to eight. Um, and if you get a couple of injuries to your, you know, your British players, then you could be screwed very quickly and asking for emergency loans or but it goes back team to players that, to blood. It goes back into that trust of the youth team again, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they obviously trust the players that are in there to do that job and I also think there's an element with Watkins of Farker must have been involved in his transfer given when he came in there must be something in there that Farker thinks he will get ultimately from him well look, looking at looking at this summer then to the players that are going to come back to us that will help us out um, Carlton Morris mm. a lot of, lot of he, he's in a kind of Harry Toffolo mode whereby pe- if we would if we'd have, if never, we, isn't it really? if we'd have sold yeah. him in January people would have gone oh he never got a chance it's like, well, why didn't he get a mm. chance especially if he haven't got any strikers which annoys me do you know how many he scored <clears throat> for Shrewsbury this season it seems like he gets on the score sheet occasionally but yeah, he's not prolific eight, something is he? like that but actually if you speak to Shrewsbury fans about him he's doing a job for the team and he's facilitating other players around him 5 and 26 score. But they're playing that's all the time. Goals, if, he's, yeah. if he's already on twenty six um, appearances, that's you know he's leading the leading the, the line there, isn't he? They really rate him. I think he's really. Yeah, strong I think there are a team the as well who share the goals around too, Shrewsbury. Yeah. So um, maybe that's a misleading goal stat. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's at the age where you know next season it's almost kind of make or break mm-hmm. at this level anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's him, Sean Raggett, Ben Godfrey, um, Remy Matthews, um, Adam Phillips. So Todd Cantwell. So I think. With, when we just wheeled off that list, that's why I don't actually think it's, that, I don't think keeping Watkins. I think you're more right, Lordy. I think that he 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 sees something in there. Maybe he rips it up in training, but I, I've, well, I've seen nothing. Yet. Not according to Farker though. He was saying that you know his attitude in training mm. has been poor of late. So I think that, I can't believe that we've signed a player for free in the summer. He's been garbage, and we've turned down two million. If the two million bid from Cardiff is true, the Bristol City one was established. That was a seven-figure bid. That's incredible, isn't it? To turn that down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so there's um, a couple of things that we want to cover. Firstly, we want to talk about some t-shirts that are available on the longcomenorwich.com website. So if you're not on social media, which probably most of you are if you're listening to this, then um, you might not have heard about our new Along Come Norwich t-shirts, which we use to help fund the site, but primarily actually to buy the flags and banners that you see at Carrow Road. And um, me and Andy are kind of really involved with Buckley and Norwich and hopefully being able to support financially some of their endeavours moving forward. So we've got two t-shirts on sale at the moment, both kind of with a retro flavour. So one is a German theme, which is the Farker Fußball team, or sorry, T, and um, the Canary Cosmos team, sorry, t-shirt as well. So they're both at very reasonable prices and available at longcomenorwich.com. So the final thing to do, um, as every podcast uh, ends, is the Long Come Norwich quiz. Um, Dan, 
you are following in the footsteps of the legend large, himself, the large footsteps yep. of Brian Gunn, who who did appallingly best. <laughs> um, even though I, I really did try and, and set him up with some questions, um, obviously the uh, your your fellow. Uh, Football professional football watcher Gorham <laughs> is still the leader of all time with with five. Five. While we're on that though, can we just go for the the latest scores on the league table? Just, I don't think it's just, important. I think we just whilst, move no, on. No, I think at this moment in time, whilst I'm ahead, so I think it's so I'm on four wins. Lawney's on two, and the guests are on two. So Dan. You've no got, no pressure, then. Yeah. No pressure. So, in as this is our, our particularly German-flavoured episode, um, we have uh, today's quiz it is a bit of a rascal. Uh, I have to be honest, okay. uh, but it is German tinged. So, is, we are trying to play to your strengths here, Dan. Okay. Um, you two boys, good luck. Um, I'm just back from a weekend in Germany. I'm going to smash it. When the time <laughs> when the time begins, um, I'll run through six questions. If you don't know, say pass because obviously the time is important. Yeah. Um, if you give a wrong answer, I'll move straight on, and then I'll come back to the ones that you didn't get first time through until Lorne, my gorgeous assistant, says time. Okay. okay. Are you ready, Dan? I'm ready to go. <clears throat> Highlight your career. This ready. Please. Time starts now. What is the name of Hamburger SV's home ground? Hamburg play at the Volksparkstadion. Correct. Who did Germany beat in the 2014 World Cup final? Argentina was there. Correct. Good show off. Who is <laughs> Norwich's fir- current first team coach? Pass. Uh, where is Marcel Franca on loan? Franca's Union Berlin. Incorrect. Which is the only current championship club which has never played in the top flight? Burton Albion. Correct. Who is the only Australian to have ever won Premier League Player of the Month? Tim Cahill. Incorrect. Uh, who is Norwich City's current first team coach? Pass. Uh, where is Marcel Franker on loan? Holstein Kiel. Incorrect. Um, who is the only Australian to have won Premier League Player of the Month? Mark Schwartz. Correct. Where is Marcel Franker on loan? I know this one. I know this. Um... um Ah, uh, pass. That, those are difficult. Those are hard. Dresden. Yeah. Yeah. Dresden, Dresden is correct. And Dresden yeah. would have tied you with Gordon. And they have got the best kit in the second division this season. It's beautiful. We will tweet that with, along with the episode mm. when we second repeat the episode kit. tomorrow. Second best kit after? Obviously, St. Pauli. St. Okay. Uh, so, the Norwich first team coach, Eddie boys. Reimer. No. First, is he assistant manager? Yeah, he's... Christian manager. Fluthman. Uh, uh, and... Uh, Oh, and yeah, we, Dresden was the other one. But yeah, four out of six is a hell of an effort. Yeah, um, we'll be interested to see how the boys knew get on. And I knew Dresden as well. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and no, no bonus points for being at the World Cup final. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, John is off. the current defending champion, which means, Lorne, you go next. Um, which means we'll, we'll finish with John. So you've got four to equal and go into tie-break mode. <laughs> um, best of luck. Your time, Lorne, starts now. Who plays their home games at the Veltins Arena? Schalke. Correct. Who did Germany beat in the 1974 World Cup final? Holland. Correct. Who is the only non-Englishman on the NCFC Board of Directors? Ooh. Uh, Pass. Uh, Where is Paul Jones on loan? Pass. Uh, Who holds the record for most Premier League goals scored in a season by a relegated club? Ooh. Ravinelli. Uh, No, club. Oh, um, middle. Incorrect. Who is the only Egyptian to have won Premier League Player of the Month? Mido. Incorrect. Uh, who is the only non-Englishman on the NCFC Board of Directors? Ed Balls. Incorrect. Where is Paul Jones on loan? Hearts. Who holds the record for the most Premier League goals scored in a season by a relegated club? Norwich. 
Who is no? Who is the only Egyptian to have won Premier League Player of the Month? Al Mahadi. Incorrect. Who is the only non-Englishman on the NCFC Board of Directors? Oh, Who knows the Board of Directors one? Stephen Phillips. Michael Wynne Jones. It's oh, Welsh. Yeah. It's a really Welsh name. Mo Salah's the Egyptian. Mo Salah yeah. is the oh, Egyptian. Right in November. Um, and Blackpool scored 55 goals <coughs> in the 2010-2011 season. Paul Jones on loan at Exeter City. Of course. So two, some weeks that will win it for you. Yeah, a lot of weeks that will win it. The mighty first two as well. The German ones are easy. Well, <laughs> I went it was, it's, a ger- it's a German-infected infected quiz. Yeah, but I only had two German questions. <laughs> well, yeah, but then I ran out. <laughs> because, because there's been so few German-related Norwich <laughs> football club things that I then went to... I thought Michael Wynne-Jones was a bit of an own goal, uh, open goal. Dear, oh dear. All right, okay, on. then. So, John, four to tie, three to beat Lorne. Is there a tiebreaker? Uh, of course there is. The, your time punt starts now. What is the name of Borussia Dortmund's home ground? Pass. Uh, who did Germany beat in the 1990 World Cup final? Argentina. Correct. Who is Norwich's current assistant coach? Eddie Reimer. Correct. Where has Todd Cantwell gone on loan? Fortuna Sittard. Correct. Which club holds the record for most goals scored in an English top flight season? Manchester United. Incorrect. Who is the only Costa Rican to have won Premier League Player of the Month? Power one shot. Correct. Uh, going back to what is the name of Borussia Dortmund's home ground? Pass, don't know. Um, which club holds the record for the most goals scored in an English top flight season? Man City. Incorrect. What is the name Pass. of Borussia Okay. Liverpool. Uh, incorrect. Pass Blackburn. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> Pass Newcastle. Incorrect. It's for the win. Pass Spurs. Incorrect. Oh, for fuck's sake. Pass <laughs> Arsenal. Incorrect. Oh, I don't know. Give it up. Uh, no, don't give it up. Uh, Chelsea. Incorrect. How am I not getting this? Don't know. 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, 1930, Two thousand nine. Paolo Onechop wasn't player player of the season this week. It's your quiz this week. What's Paolo Onechop this week? No, Fortuna Sittard was this week. It's your quiz. You think it's fair. That's all about (laughs) it. At least you're a really good loser. Right. The tiebreaker question is as follows. I'm going to go to Dan first as our guest. Okay. Um, What is the capacity of the St. Pauli Milan Tour Stadium? Um, I would say somewhere around 24,000. John, would you like to... Don't go higher or lower, pick an actual number. Okay, I was going to go higher. I was going to say 27,000, so I will stick with that. I won't go for 24,001, because that would just be dirty. <laughs> okay, so Andrew Lorne, can you reveal the answer? It pains me, but John is closest. It's 29,594, and the reason it's 29,594 is in Germany... If you have a stadium that is 30,000 capacity, you have to make a load of infrastructure improvements like car parking and tube station improvements and stuff that St Pauli weren't willing to make when they upgraded their ground, so they put it just under 30,000. 
So that's a fantastic story, and it's a fantastic win for John, which means you are now even further ahead of Lorne in the rankings. But I must say, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here it's today. Been, it's been great fun. Really please, enjoyed it. Please come back when uh, maybe in a couple of months once we, we all know whether or not Hernandez and Lightning were good signings yeah. or not. Um, but for now, all that leaves for me to say is goodbye from you, John. Goodbye. Goodbye from Lorne. How sweet is it? Goodbye from Dan. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Bye. Set, set.